2: It is Wednesday, September 7th, and we're talking Pirates baseball today with Adam Berry, our Pirates reporter. Adam, thank you so much for the time, as always. And, Adam, you know, there are losses, and there's tough losses, and then there's losses that kind of rip your guts out of your chest and kind of make you feel like roadkill. And I'm guessing that that's how many Pirates fans feel on this Wednesday on the heels of just a a devastating and probable loss on Tuesday, one strike away from snapping a seven-game skid. From beating the Cardinals, getting back in the wild card race—none of that happens. Uh, Matt Carpenter, the stunning home run off Tony Watson, who then gives up two more homers in the inning, and the Pirates eventually fall 9-7. And uh, I guess just kind of, kind of tell us the mood of uh, of the fan base, of the team, of the of the coaches. I mean, what what is going on right now? Well, the mood of the fan base isn't great.
1: I can say that based on just the, uh, the interaction I get on Twitter and in my email inbox every day. That's, it's kind of just a gut-punch loss when you, when you look at the way that it happened, not so much the way it ended, but just the way that they, they finally kind of fought and clawed and scratched their way uh, back into – it actually would have been their biggest come-from-behind win of the season had they finished that out. They overcame a five-run deficit against the Cardinals you know, still kind of trying to show some signs of life in this wild card chase, get back to 500 again. And instead, you know, Tony Watson comes in and gives up three home runs really before you could even process what happened. And all of a sudden they're on their way to their eighth straight loss. Uh, it was, it's probably as tough as a reaction as I've seen in the clubhouse during this kind of skid. Uh, you know, if only because they knew they were so close to finally, you know, pulling their way out of it. And just the way it went down was so brutal for Watson. but. I mean, he was totally a stand-up guy. Uh, you know, answered every question, completely owned his mistakes. You know, he's he's having a little bit of a rough season. I know he got plugged into the closer role when when Mark Melanson was traded, but you know, people are going to jump to conclusions and say he's not cut out for the ninth inning. But really, the season that he's having, you can stretch it all the way back to to April or May. I'm sure there was a time I remember specifically when they were in Miami. He had a couple of rough uh, outings in a row. He struggled a little bit to start the season. So it's not so much that Tony Watson isn't cut out for the ninth inning. He's just not really having the, the same kind of successful season uh, that he had from 2013 to 15 in the setup role. And, you know, it really kind of came back to bite them in the worst possible way at the worst possible time uh, last night.
2: Yeah, it certainly did. And I mean, we hear a lot of guys say that, you know, getting outs uh, 22 through 24 is a lot different than getting out 25 through 27, one inning later. And, Maybe Tony Watson is uh, going through a little bit of that uh, right now. You know, the the stuff and the talent's still there, but again, it's just a completely different beast pitching in the ninth inning. And what's really you know uh, truly stunning about what happened last night is that going into that at bat, Matt Carpenter was uh, two for 17 against Watson, uh, no extra base hits. Watson had him down 0-2. Uh, you know, I mean, all the all the signs are there for a victory. It just did not happen. And again. You just kind of throw your hands up and say that's baseball and certainly that is baseball and uh, the Pirates on the wrong end of it last night. And of course, Adam, you know, mathematically as we speak here, the Pirates are five and a half games out of that second wild card spot. By no means are they out of it from a number standpoint. But again, given the the, the feelings and the emotions and the attitude that you just described of, of the fan base and the team, did that loss on Tuesday maybe perhaps feel like a, a final nail or one of the final nails in that coffin for the Pirates this season?
1: I think for the fans,
2: it certainly felt that way. Yeah, I mean, just given the way things have been going, it's eight
1: in a row. There's not really a lot of signs of hope. It seems like if, you know, if something's going right, then everything else is going wrong. They haven't really been able to play a complete game in quite a while. Uh, and we've talked about just the way the season has gone, it's been so up and down. They've had really no sustained strong runs, which obviously gives you reason to, to question why they would be able to finally put it all together here down the stretch and overcome, like you said, a five and a half game deficit and work their way back into this wild card picture. That's that's definitely the perspective from outside. You know, inside the clubhouse, they're they're going to keep fighting. I think they they probably won't believe they're eliminated until the numbers uh, say so, until that you know elimination number is zero or whatever it may need to be. Uh, down the stretch in that wild card race, which to be fair, other than the Cardinals seemingly, you know, taking a a pretty good swing at things right now, nobody's really coming out and claiming, uh, you know, the other one of those spots, the Giants have struggled, the Mets have had their ups and downs and the Marlins are in really just as bad of a place as the Pirates right now. So I think they're going to keep on fighting. They, you know, they're going to keep believing they do have the talent. I think a lot of people would agree to to get to where they want to go. It's just, they haven't put it all together and uh, performed at the same time, really at any point this season.
2: Yeah, darkest before the dawn, as the uh, the old saying goes. So maybe uh, the loss on Tuesday will spark something uh, more positive for the Pirates going forward in these last few weeks in September. Uh, time will certainly tell. Adam, going back to the, the first inning of that game, there was uh, a, a sequence where the Cardinals had runners on the corners and uh, only – or I don't can't remember if there was no outs or one out, but there was a ground ball. John So had a chance to, to turn a double play – didn't get anybody out that lows the bases for Yadier Molina and we know what happens next he hits the grand slam to give the Cardinals that early four nothing lead over Ryan Vogelsong and i think that you know most managers when you talk to them they understand you're going to give up hits you're going to give up runs you're going to make errors you're going to make physical errors that that happens over the course of 162 games but i think it's it's the mental errors like that one that John Jayso made that will give managers gray hairs. And, and I think – I don't know if uh, Clint Hurdle spoke to this specifically after the game, but I would think for all the things that went on in Tuesday's loss, that one thing, that one play by Jaso is is th- is maybe the one thing that's most bothersome to the Pirates and to Clint Hurdle.
1: Yeah, it's, it's bad just because it's something that they, you can do to control it. You know, you can very much uh, determine whether or not you throw to second base, you throw home, or really just you throw somewhere on that play. I mean, I think Jaso probably has to know – with Matt Adams you know, coming uh, from the box, that he has time to turn a double play and get out of the inning there. Or he, you know, if he's going to look the guy back at third, he sees he's far enough uh, between third and home that he can make a throw over there and they can make something happen there to get the lead runner. But to essentially just eat the ball there is a pretty bad mistake. Not something we've seen a lot of from Jaso defensively at first base, even though this is his first season there. Uh, and then it looks even worse just based on the, the results after that, which was the Yachty Molina grand Slams, but, you know, it's the kind of mistake and the kind of little thing that turns into a big thing that has sort of marked this rough stretch for the Pirates. You know, it's they haven't necessarily taken advantage of other teams' mistakes, and other teams are having no problem taking advantage of, of theirs, which is also part of what happens when you make a lot of mistakes. You know, you're giving other teams plenty of margin for error to, to get back into games or to, you know, jump out further ahead in games.
2: Yeah, it seems like, you know, if the Pirates were in a good stretch here, Yadier Molina pops that ball up, hitting over. You're in a bad right. stretch. He hits it on the screws, out of the ballpark, 4-0 St. Louis. The Cardinals, yeah, obviously uh, the Pirates rather, did battle back to take a 6-5 lead, but to <laughs> fall behind the eight ball that quickly, 4-0, 4-0 in the first, a very difficult thing. Adam, yep. I think we've uh, we've depressed Pirates fans enough. So let's uh, let's try to do a 180 here and uh, focus on more positive things, and that would be Jung Ho Gong uh, returning on Tuesday, his return from the DL. And uh, I think there's no question at this point, he loves facing the Cardinals. Uh, he has two multi-homer games this year, both against St. Louis, the most recent of those on Tuesday. Talk about his return uh, last night and what this might mean for David Freeze going forward in terms of a role on this team and uh, playing time as well.
1: Yeah, you know, Junko Gung loves facing the Cardinals and loves coming off the disabled list <laughs> apparently because his first two-homer game was in St. Louis, his first game back the season. And then last night was his first start since he came off the disabled list this time. So, uh, Clint Hurdle kind of joked uh, right when he came off the DL, well, he didn't start that game. You know, they were looking for pretty much the same thing from Jung Ho as he, as he did when he came off the DL to start the year, and they got exactly that. And, of course, like you said, with the way things are going, it it didn't re- result in a win this time. but. No, his, his swing looks good. Uh, the power is certainly there. I think that's kind of flown under the radar this year is that Gong has actually put up some really good power numbers. He's not getting on base quite the same way that he did last season. The average isn't quite as high. Um, there's a little bit more swing and miss to his game, but he's he's getting his homers. He's hitting for power, which, you know, if you're kind of looking for reasons to be optimistic uh, next year already, uh, you could say that, you know, getting back, uh, you know, a fully healthy uh, productive Jung Ho Gong, maybe he'll have some of that defensive uh, versatility and flexibility back next season. He looked pretty good there last night. That's that's kind of a, a silver lining in the way things have gone the last couple of days. That Dong has come back, he feels good, and he, he really looked good Tuesday night. Um, and he, you know that's the role you want him in. You want him in that full time, you know most every day third baseman spot, which frees up David Freeze to be a bat off the bench or a backup third baseman, or you know maybe even seeing some time. Uh, still at first base, whether it's Josh Bell or John Jaso over there next year, I, I think you're going to see David Freeze at first base tonight facing Mike Leake because he's pretty well-owned him uh, in his career. So, you know, there's still a role for Fries, Uh And I think I, ideally it's not starting because that means Gong is doing well and whoever is starting at first is in is that position.
2: Yeah, uh, Gong, I believe, creeping up on uh, 20 homers uh, this season for all the time he's missed. Uh, that's a very impressive number and you kind of you dream about what he could do over the course of a full healthy season, uh, maybe 2017 it will give us our answer, but certainly a good return to the starting lineup for Jung Ho Gong on Tuesday. Adam, to wrap up here, we'd be remiss if we did not mention that today, uh, September 7th, is Roberto Clemente Day, obviously a very important day, not just across baseball, but especially in the city of Pittsburgh for obvious reasons. Uh, talk about some of the festivities, I guess, or activities, for lack of a better term, Uh, involving Roberto Clemente Day, and talk about Jared Hughes as well. He is the Pirates team nominee for the 2016 Roberto Clemente Award, and uh, the Pirates trying to make it uh, back-to-back victors of that award, as of course, as everyone knows, Andrew McCutcheon won it uh, in 2015.
1: Yeah, it's really special to be around this city and around this team uh, on Clemente Day. I'm not from here, so I wasn't as familiar, but just the last couple of years, you're able to to absorb so much of what he meant uh, to this city, and obviously we all know what he's meant to this franchise and to baseball as, as a whole, uh, it's neat to come to the ballpark. and You see the number 21 uh, painted onto the field out in right, which is, of course, in front of a 21-foot a wall uh, in right field. It's that high because that was Clemente's number as well. Um, just a really neat uh, time to be around the Pirates. I actually got to go to a school visit. Uh, this morning, the Pirates, a uh, really large representative uh, part of their team, uh, took school supplies and food uh, to a local uh, K-8 through school, uh, just delivering supplies, really just having a lot of fun with the kids, which I think was, was pretty neat to see, especially kind of during the way that things have gone for the team lately, to see that they're able to still make a positive impact in the community was pretty special. They had a lot of fun. They, they're they doing a lot for those kids, you know, packing spending their free time packing backpacks full of food so they have something to eat when they go home for the weekend. Just really special to be around and to see the way that they've kind of carried on this uh, Clemente legacy uh, as a franchise, and the players kind of understand that. You know, they, they realize that's part of what it means to, to be a Pirate, is to play for the organization uh, that Clemente spent his entire career with. And somebody who understands that really well is Jared Hughes. Uh, like you said, their nominee for the Clemente Award, He's just maybe the most friendly, outgoing person you'll ever meet in a baseball clubhouse. Uh, he is accountable. He is uh, always thinking of others. You know, it's whether it's media, who he's always willing to talk to, or sometimes goes out of his way to, to make conversations. He treats everyone equal. You know, when a player gets sent out to the minors or comes up from AAA, he's always the first one to either wish him well or welcome them to the clubhouse. Uh, he's great with the community. He's great with kids. I saw him this morning doing the whip and the nane in the middle of a Uh, middle school gymnasium surrounded by a bunch of kids just a really worthy uh, you know uh, acceptance you know I gotta gotta get that award and hopefully you know like you said maybe you can make it back to back with with Andrew McCutcheon certainly a a deserving candidate uh, for that honor
2: no question about that and it certainly should be a uh, a great uh, festive atmosphere at PNC Park on this Wednesday night uh, for Roberto Clemente Day and uh, the best of luck to Jared Hughes a lot of competition uh, for that award, as it should be. Uh, each of the 30 teams nominating the most deserving player of their club. And the winner will be announced uh, during the 2016 World Series. And uh, like we said, we'll see if the Pirates can uh, make it back-to-back and uh, and keep that award uh, at home, if you will, as uh, Pirate won it last year. We'll see if a Pirate can win it this year. Uh, Adam Barry, great stuff as always. That's a good spot to wrap things up. We'll do it again next week for sure. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Pittsburgh Pirates.
0: MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best